Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Cord is a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. And thank you, Dennis Committee, one of the all-time greats. Welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast. Unfortunately, Barra isn't with us today due to work commitments. He will be missed, but stepping into the shoes um, very professionally is the Chief of Staff Sport West Australian, Jackson Barrett. I am Glenn Quartermain, Chief Sports Writer for the West Australian. We are brought to you by Tab Touch. Better you bet with Tab Touch, but please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. A lot to get through, Jacko, but let's start with the big event last night. 11.15 million viewers nationally, average audience on 7 and 7 plus of 7.13 million. It's the biggest TV audience since this current rating system began in 2001. It's eclipsed the AFL Grand Finals, the Melbourne Cups, Olympics, all international sport. I talk, of course, of the Matildas, and I tell you what, when she retires, Sam Kerr, I reckon the West Coast Eagles... We'll be lining up to get her for a season or two of AFLW. I reckon she might be in line for a statue outside HBF Park or up to stadium as well. She is one of the absolute premier athletes in that con- in this country. And that moment last night was just something out of this world. And sort of think, obviously, not the result we would have liked, but imagine quarters if, if we hadn't had that Sam Kerr moment, how different we'd be feeling this oh, yeah. morning. If it was a 3-0 We'd be pretty flat. We've this all morning, got a separate. We all in we've it. All both got a different story. I was at uh, a, a pub in Coventry Village, which is in yep. um, um, uh, Morley, big shopping centre there. Anyway, I turned to my mate and I said, uh, "Sam Kerr needs to do something here. We need her. We need a Sam yep. Kerr moment." And my phone rang, and it was a really important work call. So I had to actually walk out of the pub, and I'm standing out the front of Spud Shed, and I hear the roar. And I'm like, oh no! And I walk in, and of course she scored. Yeah, she has scored. Uh, wonderful, wonderful goal. The way she did it. Uh, well done to the Matildas. Absolutely captivated the nation. The ratings figures show it. We now know. We now. It's not just Sam Kerr. We now Razo Ford. Yep. Um, Mackenzie Arnold, Mary Fowler, and what a wonderful tournament she had. They are now household names. There was a, a survey into women's sport before the tournament was done. Sam Kerr was the most recognisable women's sporting personality in Australia. There were two other Matildas in the list. I think one of them might have been Caitlin Ford. Steph Catley was in there. And then Kyra Cooney-Cross was sort of floating around the 50 mark. I reckon there's 11, 12, 13, yep. 14 in there now. Yeah, there is. There is indeed. Uh, let's move on to AFL before we give our tips for the week. Uh, so some news that we have been covering. So yep. sort of there's some news overnight. I won't say it's breaking news because it's not, because this is our narrative. This is the West Australian has covered this, um, uh, Mitchell Woodcock, Craig O'Donoghue. I've, I've jumped in there. Yep. Um, you know, we've been running this narrative and the, we believe there is going to be change at the West Coast Eagles, uh, and that Adam Simpson's under a lot of pressure. I think the tipping point probably was the Derby loss last weekend. I mean, there's been... So many 100-point losses this year. Uh, it's, but the Derby, losing to 101 points, when you're coming off two competitive weeks, I think becomes a tipping point. The board's under pressure. I don't believe there'll be any change before the end of this season. I don't think okay. the Eagles are the sort of team that does anything in season. Um, 
so the dual narrative is Adam Simpson's under a bit of pressure. Um, and also Trevor Nisbet saying, um, you know, digging his heels in and saying, I will be seeing out the term of my contract, which runs for another year, and I'm not seeking an extension. But he sort of left it a little bit open. I'll be transitioning in the new CEO. The tone around the Eagles changed a little bit after the Derby, didn't it? So that's their fifth 100-point loss of the year. But if you can't get up for a late-season Derby where you, you haven't shown your supporters an awful lot, when are you going to get up? That was sort of the, the vibe for me after the Derby. Simpson's tone changed in the presser a little it bit. Did. He felt a little bit more resigned, um, whereas he'd been pretty steadfast in, um, in yeah, press what conferences Yeah, what will be will be, that sort of yeah. language. Yeah, that's not language that we've heard from him um, at all this year. So I think post-Derby, the, the pressure is probably ramped up even further around the club to, to make a decision. Um, but as, as you say, um, you're probably expecting that to happen post-season. Yeah, so look, watch this space. There's plenty to play out. I mean, it's going to be – I think the final round will be intriguing for me. Uh, West Coast playing Adelaide, hosting them here at Optus Stadium. It's Luke Shuey's final game. Yep. It's Shannon Hearn's final game. Do have some injury concerns, but I think they'll get up for that game and yep. deserve to. Uh, and will be interesting to see the body language of Adam Simpson in that final game because whatever happens, he has been a great coach and a great AFL coach. He's been yep. a great – coach of the West Coast Eagles. He's a premiership coach. There's not too many of those around. And I have no doubt whatever happens to Adam, if he moves on, he will be highly sought after in the AFL community. Yeah, he'll be a big one um, if that was to happen in the offseason. They'll be clamouring for him. A couple of other moves. of Ken Hinckley has re-signed for two years. Yep. Um, Carr is remaining. So while there is no curability agreement as such in place, we expect that transition to happen when Ken has his time out. And you want him to win one, don't you? Yeah. I, mean, I think Ken Hinckley's been a good coach for the game. And I love the way he's done it this year. And I, I say this because who I'm intrigued by your your pick. Who is the coach of the year this year? So I've got Adam Kingsley ahead. Yeah. Because I think what he's done with a list that hasn't really improved, in fact, he's lost to Rando and Hopper. I've got him ahead just for what he's been able to. I picked them to finish last this year. So yep. they've been a real riser. And, of course, I have Ken Hinckley in there as well. And I've got to have Craig McRae in there. Honourable mentions to Ross Lyon, who, again, has done Ross Lyon things to the list, turned them into a team defence, while also a little bit more of um, um, aggression that you see, uh, a bit more of an offensive team than you're used to from Ross Lyon teams. Yeah, we've spoken about this a bit this week and, and Ross, while you know St Kilda might finish in the bottom reaches of the eight and I guess what they were trying to do when they moved on Brett Ratton was was get out of this sort of mediocrity space. Um, Ross Lyon has very few weapons They're in B, that B, side. Full of B graders. Yeah, full of B graders. Um, Rowan Marsh was getting there. Jack Sinclair's getting there. Could be all Australian. King's probably year. in there. King's growing. Sinclair's in there. But it's, an system, it's system based. Yep. It's a if, he, if they were to play finals, it's on the back of coaching. It's not on the back of the weapons they've got in their midfield. We'll talk about their game a bit later. I mean, Brad Crouch has done some nice things. He's built into the season really well, but he's still not an A grader. So I think a lot of credit goes to Ross Lyon. A lot of credit goes to Michael Voss for turning it yes. around on the run. So he's also in my uh, honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Because the way he's been able to do that in season. And, and it's about role players, isn't it? Yeah, so that, I think they've sort of discovered role players in the last seven weeks. And, and the Paddy Dow, who was on the outer, like a, a top five draft pick on the outer, comes in. They find a role for him around Cripps. And I mean, Walsh is out at the moment, but Cripps and, and Chera and Blake Akers on a wing and, and Nick Newman at half back. I think they've embraced the idea that you don't need 22 
midfielders or 22 stars. You've got the um, you sort of build around Crips in the midfield. You've got Akers and Chera, and then obviously their forwards are, are flying, and we'll get to that with Harry Mackay and Charlie yes. Kerno later. Um, Jacob Weedering has grown into the year, and they've just sort of settled on a on a system that works. And to do that under immense pressure, I mean, at about round ten, Luke Sayers was being doorstopped at Princess Park, and and now they're on the edge of the top four. They'll probably finish fifth or sixth. They could have a home final at the MCG. Um, and I know they're not everyone's cup of tea, but I think having Carlton in the finals would be a, a big thing for September. Sayers is still being doorstop, but just not on football matters. Yes, yeah, that's true. Right. Uh, the other one, of course, is Damien Hardwick, which we expect to happen end of next week, early the week after. Of course, he'll be back from his European vacation, his Chevy Chase European vacation. Uh, five-year deal, we expect. Uh, Gold Coast, there'll be an ambassadorial yep. component to that. I think it's a good choice. Where do you stand on it if you're Richmond? I think this is probably something that I've grappled with. I know we did that press conference where he said he's tried to cook the sausage a thousand ways and he couldn't come up with the 1,000th and first way to, to cook the sausage. Um, but to sort of leave the club mid-season, and they, I mean, they had the... Um, dead cat bounce with McWalter and then they've sort of trickled away from there. And then to be back in footy so quickly, where do you sit with that if you're Richmond? I have no issue whatsoever. If you're a Richmond supporter and yeah. you've got any issue with that, you need to have a good long, hard look at yourself in the mirror. The blokes coached you to three premierships and when and you hadn't won one since 1980. Yeah. So, and I think sometimes, I think you're, you're a bit cooked, but you're cooked with that list. I don't think you're necessarily cooked as a coach. So I think that's where yep. he's at. He needed a break. He's had his long break in Europe. And so I, I have no issue with it. I think he's a fantastic choice for the Gold Coast. I, if I was a um, coach and I'm wanting to – that's the list I want. Yeah. Because you are – they've never played finals. It's in a good place. Stuart Jew's done a pretty good job of getting that list to where it is. And I think the future looks pretty – the short-term future looks pretty bright for Gold Coast. You're looking at a midfield of Raul Anderson. I really like Sam Flanders Tuke in the Miller. last month. Tuke Miller, who they've turned into a tagger. So potentially like a – could be Sort of run with, with for run a, with. A, a so he still up, gets plenty of the footy. cooler. So um, that that could be sort of change Tuke Miller's game post-ACL – or post-knee injury, rather. It wasn't an ACL. Um, so I like where their list is at. And then, of course, the other vacancy in all this is – is Richmond. Um, I, I think the talk at the moment with Richmond is that uh, as the losses grow, um, McWalter almost sort of working himself out of the race, which I think is stiff for him. You don't often see an interim come in this early in the season and have to do something with a, a t- pretty tired list or a pretty tired group um, for quite so long. And I think that might have harmed him in the race. And of course, Cochin and Rewalt tapping out this week. Uh, great, great career for Jack Rewalt. Dustin Martin, if you were Damien Hardwick and you're going to the goal case, do you try and get in there for a year or two? Or do you think the Dusty, we've seen the last of the great Dusty fans? It's the, f- it's the first call you make, isn't it? And then the second might be to Rewalt and Cochin and see if they want to come and and take on a, a coaching leadership role. But I think the first call is to Dustin Martin. I think we've seen in the last month that there's there's just a little bit to give. I think it's as a forward. I think it's as that like um, really powerful half forward, maybe a pinch hit in the midfield. But I think that's probably maybe where Dustin 80, Martin 20. is. 80-20. 80-20, yep. I think that's where Dustin Martin is. Um, they've relied on him down there because that forward line is really Jack Rewalt and five midfielders. So you need someone with that sort of power while Tom Lynch is gone. Um if I was Dusty, I'd consider it. I mean, imagine what he could do. Um, he, he'd be the perfect player. He'd be the perfect ambassadorial sort of Buddy Franklin-esque 
bring bums on seats um, and we sit on on the importance of that over football importance is is whatever. But I think there's still a bit to give. I reckon you could give them a two-year I, deal. I agree with that. I think with, in terms of the ambassadorial role, you need more than success on the goal case because yep. franchise just, franchises just haven't worked there. So if yep. you can get uh, a notable player up there to put bums on seats and just to sell the product, I think that's the go. And that's where Dustin Martin could be invaluable. We learnt in Sydney and we learnt again over the last month with the Matildas that winning is such a big part of it. Like I, I can't help but think, imagine if um, things didn't go our way in that group stage game against Canada, this tournament this World Cup would feel like it's dragging on, mm. right? We'd have very little interest in it by now. Um, and it's the same sort of thing. Like seasons peter out on the Gold Coast. They get to round 14 and, and the hopes dwindle and the crowds dwindle and, uh, and that sort of thing. So winning is a huge part of, of the bums on seats thing. But I think Dusty's still got a bit to give. I reckon winning the right way. Yes. You've got to win the right way. Yeah. Now let's pick some winners, mate. Um, now, I'm one off the pace. And I missed out on my boys last week. Would have drawn me level, but... I'm I think most a, people did. I'm going to have a bit of a crack this week, so okay. there could be a few surprises. But let's start with tomorrow night, Marvel Stadium, 5.50pm. Collingwood, $1.92. Brisbane, $1.88. No Dugowie, yep. no Bobby Hill, no more, no Nick Dacos. I reckon they're gettable. They're two games clear. I'm going to pick the Lions. There's yep. a lot to lose the Lions, and... Seven of their last eight matches at Marvel Stadium, they've won the Lions, including a one-point win over Collingwood in round three, 2021. Intrigues me about them. They go missing at the MCG. Well, maybe not the last game. They were very competitive and unlucky not to win. But generally speaking, they go missing at the MCG. But they love playing at Marvel. With a faster deck, probably. um, I don't know. They're not overly quick Brisbane. So So they've lost 14 in the last 15 at the G. The one that they won was that final against Melbourne last year. Um, I, I think I'm going Brisbane as well. I think the um, Darcy Moore just has such a stranglehold over that defense. And, and <coughs> sorry, there's been some criticism this week that perhaps he's trying to be every member of the back six, uh, and that they'll they'll possibly grow in his absence. With I guess Frampton and 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 probably Jeremy Howe stays back there and, and guys like that. But I just think he's so, so important, especially with the two key forwards. Frampton's going to have to take one, and then you'd assume it's probably Jeremy Howe taking taking Danaher, I guess, or maybe Frampton for size. They'll, they'll weigh that up. But I'm going Brisbane under the roof, good record there. The other question is, um, and I know a couple of people have kicked up a bit of a stink in Melbourne about this, should this one be at the G? Friday night, two top four sides, penultimate round. Brisbane going to draw? Well, Collingwood will, but yeah. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, is the Fitzroy factor still there? And do two top four teams just draw anyway? Yeah, possibly, possibly. It's a really, really good call. Um, I like your call on Jeremy Howe. Um, he's been a really good break glass, move forward type of player. Yeah. But I think with check finding form last week, it's sort of, I think he has to stay back now, Jeremy Howe. But look, I'm happy for them to play at Marvel because I think Brisbane, it'll be, I wouldn't mind seeing them get that Gabba final, yeah. just to see if they can get past the preliminary final yep. and just get into the grand final and see what they can do. So I'd love to see Chris Fagan salute on grand final day. Yep. I'd like to see Craig McRae too. After the couple of years Chris Fagan's had as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been pretty good. So we're both on We're both on Brisbane. Yep. Okay. Saturday, 11.45 a.m. MCG. Richmond, $1.22. North Melbourne, $4.25. Now, going into this week, 
I've been generally pretty impressed with North Melbourne. I think they've been really competitive. Been a bit unlucky. Yep. Their, their supporters will say, no, 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 we want the second pick or maybe even the number one pick. But um, I think they'll end up with two. But I think Jack Rewalt tipping over. I think the last time you're going to see Trent Cochin and Jack Rewalt playing at the MCG, it's rare that I look to sentiment. Yeah. But I think this gets them over the line. This will be an inspired Richmond, wouldn't it? It'll be a really big day for them. Jack Zebel on the other side of things is is retiring as well. Jack Zebel has some sneaky good numbers um, at sort of the peak of his career. He had a lot of games where he was having 35 plus and and kicking goals and, and having a real impact. So they obviously said farewell to Ben Cunnington last week. He kicked a couple of goals. They looked pretty pretty inspired until they just ran out of legs in the last and then Jack Zebel this week. But, They've um, coughed up 100 points, more than 100 points the last four games they played the Tigers. So that's yep. an area they're going to have to be work really hard in, particularly controlling the midfield. But I don't think North Melbourne will trouble them too much in that area. There's scoring power there with Nick Larkin. Yeah. Uh, and I really like the work of Eddie Ford. Is that sort of like mid-sized hybrid Ford? Um, but it's just the supply. Uh, Luke Davis Uniac has come on again. I think he had a bit of a like an injury and then a lull mid season. He's back to that sort of like really big bustling midfielder that I think they need, um, and he's been really good. But it's just the supply. Uh, I think Richmond at their best, their midfield is is still really pretty strong. Like uh, I've Toronto loved Toronto in their um, Jack Dyer medal, surely. Yeah, he leads away. I mean, he's probably um, he's he slipped the last few weeks, but I think he's still probably top ten Brownlow finish. Uh, I've really liked his stuff. I, I'm such a massive fan of Liam Baker. Uh, I'd love to see him injected in the midfield or even behind the footy a little bit more. I think they can turn him into a real weapon. And and I just, guys like Baker and Shea Bolton, I just can't see matchups for them no. in this North Melbourne can't side. Can't see a so matchup for Shea good. Bolton full stop. Generally. No. One um, point I'd like to make is, and I've debated this often the last month or so, is I can't believe people have got players ahead of Sheasel in the Rising Star uh, nominations. I think Sheasel for me, I've got him ahead. I've got Sheasel winning it. Uh, I think George Wardlaw will, could be a better player. Um, Ashcroft has obviously had but a good a year. he's a different player. He's a different player, yeah. yeah. I think Wardlaw is going to be incredibly important, and I think they've struck gold with the duo Yeah, because Sheasel has that really piercing, like – more of a Nick Dacos type away from the contest. He he's does. super, super damaging. He's like dog hungry. He'll find the footy. He'll be the wrap around the back. He'll carve you up with his ball movement. Wardlaw's just a beast. Wardlaw just wants the pill, doesn't yeah, he? Just yeah. like hunts it inside, like just a contested freak. So I think they've, as far as like drafting and list management goes, I think they've struck gold in, in getting both of those guys. Cause they're, they're that like Raul and Anderson, yep. um, the user and the hunter. So I know they're they've, they've going to need – if they lose Mackay, they're going to need some defence, yep. like some defensive depth or just some players. But I'm still so against um, priority picks. I just don't get it for North. They've yeah. had too many. I mean, North and West Coast have been like historically bad, but I think that's just sport, right? I've, I've never been hot on priority picks. I hated it with the um, with the Gold Coast because they had their fair share of concessions at the start and they, they sort of spurned it a little bit. Um, I hope they don't go down that path. But the back line is something they need to fix. Well, because I think there's Aiden Core down there. Yeah. And then there's Griff Logue once he gets back from his knee. Well, there's a year's out for a year. There's so not a lot else. year next year yeah. or maybe later. So um, Heritage Bank Stadium, Saturday, uh, 12, 10 p.m. The Gold Coast Suns, $2.40. Carlton. One fifty-seven. What is it? Eight in a row now. Yeah, they're flying. Do they get nine in a row? Because I'm going to pick them, by the way. But yep. I don't. I think you have to. But um, I think this is a Carlton that's more mature now and doesn't drop the. This is the sort of game they drop in the past. Yeah. 
But it's a different experience there. It's a little bit more sultry, a little bit more humid. Mm -hmm. The ball drops different. It's a little bit slippery. Just conditions that just get you out of your comfort zone a bit. And we know they've got the talent to cause upsets against sides like Carlton. It's just whether they can produce four quarters of footy. Um, Carlton's at the point now they have to win one of their last two and they're playing finals pretty much. So this is is just a must-win game for Carlton. I, I'm tipping Carlton, and for all we just spoke about their role players, I think it's this is like the Paddy Cripps Charlie Kerno game. I feel like it's it's the sort of game where your leaders have to take control. The ball will be a little bit slippery, things will be a bit muggy. Gold Coast midfield is in a pretty good spot at the moment, and I think those guys just need to get on top of them. The big question, and, and this is one of the, you, you know, you, you look back 18 months ago and couldn't imagine having this debate, but Harry Mackay's fit again. Does he come straight back into this side? And if he does, does he need to ruck? I'm not sure if he comes in. It's now, tough, isn't it? It's tough. Look, I reckon they need a plan B. I reckon he needs to either – the plan B is does he go into defence? But you don't want to be a disruptive influence. Now, having said that, he played in the first three of their victories on this yep. run they've had. So they win with him, okay? But what with, I guess the question, does he crowd that forward line for Kerno? And he's not the – He's got the kicking, you know, wobbles as well. But uh, if he does, I I get your point. If he plays, he plays as their second ruck. But that means one of Pittanet or De Koning comes out. And the other question, because the question for me is, I play Jack Silvani in this Carlton side. He plays off the bench. He is a must into this side. One of the spiritual leaders, I guess, of that team. But I'm I'm saying no to Mackay right now. I'm... I'm leaning at the moment towards yes, but he rucks. So I think you've then got a decision to make between De Koning and, and Pitnet. They've sort of um, – So who is it? I'm- I think I might have said to you yesterday De Koning, but the more I think about it, it's probably Pitnet. If it's pure ruck craft, it's probably Pitnet. It's probably Pitnet. Koning's going to give you more around the ground. Particularly against wits as well. Yep. I think you, if you can level that battle with wits and then you get the around the ground stuff with Mackay because he probably needs to play a little bit higher, right? So he's the outlet kick. He's the, a little bit more the link-up guy. His kicking has been a shambles. The other thing is, I mean, he spent the, the six or seven weeks out or four or five weeks out or whatever it was, but it's a foot injury. So it's not as if it's a, you know, he's, he's not out there kicking goals. Um, so I can't see how that improves a hell of a lot. So I think he needs to play a little bit higher. Um, let Kerno definitely go to work if he down plays, back. he plays high. So Kerno probably gets Sam Collins. Um, yep. So that'll be a really interesting um, sort of subplot to this one as well. But the Mackay stuff is fascinating because this guy's a Coleman medalist, and he's got through training, so he's available. Yeah, uh, Toot Miller's the other one. So. They're playing against Sydney last week. They're leading at halftime. Toot Miller's doing – he's shut down Errol Goulden, which is just no one else has been able to do that this year. Uh, And they move him. They move him off Goulden. Goulden starts getting into – working his way into the game and they lose. Stephen King's um, analysis of it was that, well, we wanted to win the game, not defend the game. So I get that. Yeah. But what do you do? do? I mean, is Toot – I think you err on the side of his run with not stopper. Yeah, exactly. I think – um, we've seen it with Hayden Young yep. a, a couple of times over the last few weeks. I mean, that first quarter where he was um, sort of playing, trying to play off Lockie Neal a little bit, I think he had nine disposals and kept Neal to four. So that's easier said than done, clearly. 
Um, but that'd be sort of the ideal role for Took Miller. It's interesting that they went to Goulden being that sort of um, damaging guy on the outside rather than going to the source and trying to stop like a Luke Parker. Uh, I think that's it was really creative. Like I think a lot of teams sort of gone like, let's shut down Parker and if we can shut down the supply. and, and I reckon right like, now Goulden's the player you shut Goulden's down. Goulden's the better player right now. He's, he's, I think he's probably and there's the And the other player. thing is it's the old Ross Lyon theory only tag the taggable. Yeah. Don't yep. waste your time. So, which is exactly um, what Hawthorne did last week. You yep. can't, I don't think the Bont is the sort of player you can really tag. So you go to the source, which is Liberatore. It's the big guys that you struggle tagging yep. with, right? The, the really powerful guys that can come out the front of a stoppage. That poses an interesting question now around Patrick Cripps. Does he go to Patrick Cripps? Does he look at someone else? Is it even like a Paddy Dow? where they like, let's take him, let's remove him as a factor around Crips. Um, that'll be really interesting, uh, and I think it's a big day for, for Crips. Annually. We're both tipping the Blues. Blues, yep. Saturday, 2.35 p.m., GWS $1.41, Essendon $2.90. I'm a bit of a fan of where Essendon's gone this year. Yep. Um, can still play finals. I don't expect them Outside to. Outside chance. I think Brad Scott's done a good job. First thing he worked on was his def- their defence, which he had to. Um, but having said that, I am such a big fan of what Kingsley has been able yep. to do with this GWS side. It's a home game. They have to win. I'm picking them to win this game. Um, but it's a bit of a – they weren't super impressive last week, and so I'm a, just a bit of a uh, – watch this space on this They game. weren't super impressive. I probably wasn't uh, as out on them after the Port Adelaide game as, as others were. I think they copped Port played this, out of their skin. Oh, they copped this rampant midfield in, in possibly their best performance the, of the and year. And they were under the pump, Port. As yeah, well. and, and I think Port just ran, ran over them and kicked them out of the game early. But I think for two and a half, the back end, like I think GWS were okay. I've loved Tom Green's return to footy, mm. so 38 and 31 disposals in the last two weeks after returning. So I think he's a really big factor in their midfield. And he frees up guys like um, Callan Ward, Freeze up Josh Kelly. Um, so I think that's a. That's miss, a is he suspended for a week this year? Green? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, early, dangerous tackle. How's he going to poll on Brownlow night? Very well, I'd suggest. I think he's missed probably four or five okay. through injury. But if you, if you were doing it on averages, I think there are certainly some. In the first five weeks of the year, there are probably two or three, three voters. Um, I don't think he polls for last week as, as good as he was because I think that might literally be Horn Francis Rosie Butters yeah. out of that game. Um, but he's been uber impressive. Probably lose votes to to- his namesake to Toby. Yes. Who's my pick for All-Australian captain. Okay. I, I think I'm in a similar boat. I think if Darcy Moore makes it, he'll be the... He'll be the other one, yeah. the other name Clearly that's Clearly, they're up. the two. They're the two for me, yeah. Uh, but I love what Toby Green's done. I love what Kingsley's done with him. My biggest criticism of Toby Green last week was the re- last year was the red mist, yep. and which is why I thought, can't make him captain. He's got to be out there. But clearly, he's responded to Kingsley, and he said, Toby, we need you out there. We love your leadership. We love the fact that you play on the edge, but you can't be missing too many games of footy. And we've seen when he's out there, I think there's no – he is the highest footy IQ of any player playing today. Perhaps an odd comparison, but I always think of Michael Clark when I think of Toby Green. He was that sort of like slightly brash kid that's come through, matured a little bit, was made captain because, he, as you say, like the footy IQs there, like Clark tactically one of our best ever skippers, uh, and then sort of like matured with the role, um, but still had that like just raw like 
attitude and, and aggression. Um, I think Toby Green's been brilliant this year. I've loved the Giants. Really interesting to see what they do with Harry Himmelberg from from here on in. So Defense or forward? Defense, yeah. Played defense against Port. There were times in that game where they, they probably needed to throw him for. They, Jesse Hogan was a non-factor in that game. Um, Jake Riccardi was really good, but I think I, I was sort of expecting them. I've got Himmelberg in my fantasy team, so I was a, I was a close watch on him, uh, and I was expecting him to be f- thrown forward, and it just never happened. So um, whether or not they do that again, they're going to have to um, they're going to have to try and stop Peter Wright, which has been done by a couple of sides. I mean, even West Coast kind of mm. did it. What about well, Langford though? I love Kyle Langford. I reckon Kyle Langford might be my favourite player in the competition. Is he a and sneaky all Oz? He is a sneaky all Oz. What is he? Yeah. High forties now. High forties. Um, and remember, he he hasn't played every game there. He's had games where he's started there and, and gone back or started back, and then they needed an option, so he swung a little bit. First couple of games of the year, he was a, a pure backman as he has been for the bulk of his career. He's that like great size, um, marks it really well above his head, and. Doesn't miss like how often do you see him no, miss? He never from misses. a set shot? Beautiful like, kick, dead eye, great kick. Um, so I've really liked him. Him and Peter Wright as a combo are going to be really dangerous. So we're both on the Giants. I'm on the Giants. Yep. Saturday, five twenty-five p.m. St Kilda, two twenty-five. Geelong, a dollar sixty-five. You can see my notes. I've circled St Kilda and then I've crossed it out and I've gone to the cat. Change of heart. I what was look, behind it's it? A, it's at Marvel Stadium, so you'd back St Kilda there. Yep. I just think I've just I'm not I don't think Geelong if they make it and I'm not saying they will are not going to go deep. I think they've they've, they've they're looking over the cliff. If yep. they're not already over it, they're staring over the edge and looking down and saying, "Gee, that's a long way down." They have some youth, but I think they're going to have to regenerate. But I reckon we haven't seen the last of them this season yet, and I'm just not convinced with St Kilda. They've done enough to play finals. Yep. It's been a great effort by Ross Lyon, but as we discussed earlier, they're gettable if you turn up with the right attitude, and I think Geelong, despite the fact they're still missing a few key players, are good enough to win this game and keep their finals hopes alive. I'm on St Kilda here, um, ranked third from scores from centre clearance, and that's a stat and a sort of facet of the game that I'm starting to put more and more emphasis on in my thinking, I think, because it creates one-on-ones. Like, they don't have um, this incredible, like, transition style. Um, so if you can get it out of the middle and you can get it into Max King and Mitch Owens fast and create one-on-ones, I think that's really, really important. Freo are actually number one in that stat since round 18. So that's where their improvements come so from. So the key clearly for Geelong is to make it dirty ball. Dirty ball. So that you get Tom Stewart intercepting. They've got guys that can do that, right? And maybe they even look at um, using Tom Stewart in the middle at centre bit. Well, he tends to do that, doesn't he? And yeah. then he shifts back. And that's, I think that's a good way of like that's how you create Tom Stewart being that spare without having to like shuffle a winger coming back into the back six so starts at centre bounce and then he just rolls backwards right so I wonder if he does that and and he's a factor in there trying to shut down stoppages and then guys like Tom Atkins can do that as well I think Geelong um, maybe more than maybe even more than like Blitzarves and, and guys really miss Cam Guthrie yeah they do like really miss and Cam they missed Guthrie. the structurally I think as good as Cameron was last week with his yeah. seven goals got the coaches to votes, I think. Um, they miss Hawkins. They really do miss yeah, him structurally. The, that was almost a little bit alarming for me in that the guy that they brought in to replace Hawkins is Shannon Neal. And I think that's just a little bit of a chasm that, I mean, Hawkins were expecting to play on for one more year. But if that cliff comes, that's a, that's a long way back to Shannon Neal, who might be a player, but is pretty raw as we saw on Friday night. So 
Cameron needs someone playing deeper to it to let him go to work. So I think Geelong might have to might have to find someone um, pretty soon, and uh, that might have been a, a bit of a wake up call. If they get Hawkins back for finals, it'll it'll be a boost. I don't think he's playing. Is Matt Aglier an option? I mean, if he doesn't move, because there's talk of him moving, is he an option just to play deep, just to be that target player? Yeah, the ball yeah, he is. He's certainly like. You're robbing Peter because he's yeah. been really big down back and he allows Tom Stewart to do what we were talking about before. Um, Radigalia's improvement has been like vast. If you think about what his trade value was when he first floated the idea last year to what it will be in – so he was a pre-agent last year, a free agent this year. His value has gone through the roof. Mm. So you're picking St Kilda. I'm going St Kilda on the on the basis of I think Senate Jack clearance. Steele's done some good things. Brad Crouch yep. is – Okay. Yeah. And Ad- I love Rowan Marshall. Adelaide Oval – Saturday, 5.40 p.m., boy, oh, boy. This is going to divide the tipsters. Adelaide, $1.53. Sydney, compelling at the moment, $2.50. I can't pick against Adelaide at home. And they've been highly competitive on the road but haven't had many wins. Yeah. And they've been very good against top four sides, uh, have, have, have had some wins against them. But I just think at home they're a different side, Adelaide. Tex, big Tex, stealing to yeah. just – narrow the gap and he's got the final round against the Eagles I just get a feeling the big Tex might have a day out has any player in the last 15 years fed off a home crowd like Taylor Walker like Taylor Rich, Rich I think Dusty of the G Dusty yeah the, the other one for me was Richo maybe yeah yeah um but like Taylor Walker when Adelaide Oval's oh, up yeah. and about, it goes up a gear. Eddie he? Betts was like that at Adelaide. Eddie, yeah. And Adelaide's good for it too. Um, so I'm going Adelaide, not with a hell of a lot of confidence. That totals fifty for for Sydney's pretty pretty enticing as you so say. Playing, they're playing some pretty good footy, Sydney. And um, um, Gordon, we saw the best, and we saw him get yep. tagged out of the game, and then swing back in on that chandelier that Errol does you yep. know, last weekend. So, But I wouldn't have thought that's something Adelaide pulled the trigger on. It's no. not something they've done a lot of. I don't think in their in the way they sort of structure, I don't think they can afford to lose a midfielder or sacrifice a midfielder like that. So um, I'm going Adelaide, but not with a hell of a lot of confidence. Neither. I'd love to say Tex kick about. Uh, trust me, I'm not going in with any confidence. I am going in with confidence with this next game, though, unfortunately for Eagles supporters. Sunday, Marvel Stadium, 11.10 a.m. The Western Bulldogs, a dollar one, a dollar and one, and the West Coast Eagles, $15, been a very common theme this year. Uh, still have experience missing, but I'll put a caveat on that, and that is that 101 point loss last week, they still had a fair bit of experience out there, which is where, which is the most damning yeah. thing about the Eagles. They Fremantle t- were younger. Yeah, they the were weekend. younger. So... Look, it's just been a horrible year. I think they can't wait to see the end of it. Um, this is Marvel Stadium. Uh, the Bulldogs, um, they, they've only won two of eight games against the top eight this year, but they go okay against this in this sort of game. They yeah. need this win. They need a confidence booster. They also need a percentage booster. Make no mistake about that. So they've um, they've probably had the benefit of the draw in that two and eight, but the thing that I take out of that is they've only played top eight side 10 times this year. So they've probably got away with that a little bit. Um, that loss to Hawthorne, they were outplayed. It was a really bad loss. For it them. was a bad loss. Um, and they were beaten up a bit in the middle, which Collingwood were the week before. Yep. So I think they were a little bit surprised by that. So Limbratore exiting the game was huge, and he's not playing this week, yep. but, which will help the Eagles because he is the – he's the engine. The room. in and under. But ticking over in there. it's not going to affect the result. This would be a – 
I think a 10-goal would be a good result for the Eagles. I, I would have thought so. I think West Coast have something to look forward to in that round 24 game against Adelaide, but this is like as groundhog day as it gets, flying to Melbourne, early game on a Sunday, under the roof, the dogs. Um, I think it's it's a day that's pretty well built for um, Rory Lobb, Hugo Hagen, Norton. Well, if they can get that forward line symmetry going yeah. again, I think it's so important to them going to the back end of the year. One of the really damning um, stats with the Eagles, and we've seen it so many times this year, is Five, they've conceded five goals without a reply 23 times, you know, this season. And that's where this season's at. Really. Starts in the middle it as does. well, doesn't it? it and does. that's what we saw against Fremantle. I think the thing that really rattled them against the Dockers was um, Luke Jackson being so effective at, at ground level, but he just rolled out of contest, didn't he? And every time it was like the, the ball hits the deck and these midfielders look around and go, well, he's not a midfielder, so I don't have to tackle him. And this guy just came out the front and just – did what he liked, basically. So, I mean, Tim English isn't going to have quite that effect. That'll be quite an interesting Is battle. he your All-Australian Ruckman this year? Yeah, He's he mine. is. Yeah, he is at the moment. Um, I think given that really Fremantle and at times Melbourne are the only sides that are really persisting with two rucks, I think that should probably be reflected in the All-Australian team. And Melbourne and haven't really persisted with well, it. Well, it hasn't worked, has no, it? it hasn't no, it um, It's worked at times for Fremantle. It never really has for Melbourne. So I think that should probably be reflected and he sh- I think he should probably be the only All-Australian ruck. Does he move on, Grundy, next year? They're saying no. They're, but of course they're saying no. Yeah. Just push his bargaining price up and... They're, they're certainly not um, shopping him around at, at no. this stage, but if you're Brody Grundy, I think you've got to knock on the door and say, like, what else is out so there Sydney, for Sydney, Geelong, Port, or West Coast. West Coast, yeah. So West Coast is the interesting one. Um, Bailey Williams trained, I was at main training on Tuesday, and he trained as a forward, so he did some contest work. It was essentially a transition drill, like a, a forward entry drill, uh, and he was doing one-on-one work with Jeremy McGovern, and McGovern spent quite a bit of time with him on positioning and body contact and, and how to push guys off and what McGovern's trying to do in in those sort of instances. So I found that really interesting. It's it probably more up. of a, a forerunner for next year, though. It is, yeah. Because it's not they need him up, pull the up against on. Tim English yeah. this week, clearly. It's, um, so that I expect they probably dip their toe in the in the ruck market. Jordan Sweet is another, not getting a game at the Bulldogs. You're big on Jordan Sweet. Jordan Sweet, Nick Bryan as well. I, I'm coming around to Nick Cohen Bryan. Cohen Livingston, who's just a kid still, yep. but uh, Perth Colts. So yeah, and go, West Coast NGA. Yeah, so, so you, West Coast you think aligned. they get him late. And, um, and then Barnett. And Harry well. Barnett, who they're big raps for. Yeah. So they've got the depth there. They yeah. just need that. See, for me, they just need that one key. And let's be honest, Grundy could step into that side. and He's a top three, number one ruckman in the competition. Yep. And two, I just don't like him seeing – I don't like seeing where he's at at the moment. It's frustrating. I agree. I think there's a position there. Um, what we saw at training this week marries up with um, something Gavin Bell said on radio where ultimately they say Bailey is a, a forward ruck. So it's not for this year. He will play number one ruck. He's done a really good job of it. He's, he's them leading their most improved by the length of the straight. Um, he'll do it for the last two weeks, and then I think they're just trying to evolve him a yep. little bit. Uh, great segue with Grundy because the next game Sunday MCG one twenty p.m. Melbourne a dollar twenty four Hawthorne four dollars ten. So Melbourne haven't lost to Hawthorne since twenty eighteen. This is a, just a Hawthorne side in a bit of with its confidence spiked at the moment. Can Hawthorne cause an upset? By the way, I'm picking Melbourne. Um, can Hawthorne cause an upset? And who? Does Finn McGuinness go to? Your, Does he go to Clayton Oliver? Does he go to Christian Petraka? I think it's what we spoke about before with tagging the taggable. I think it's probably Oliver. Um, Oliver was... Or is un- it Viney? 
It might be Viney. Viney's had a good couple of months. Had a good year. He's uh, he's the Tom Liberatore of that team. He is. Yeah, that sort of like midfield. The ground ball. ball gets amazing. Yeah, I think it's Clayton Oliver. Um, he was electric and super super damaging um, against Carlton on Saturday night for first game back. I mean, we've got no ten, idea. Ten weeks. Ten weeks. We've got no idea what was happening behind the scenes. We saw the bust up with the physio at training maybe five weeks ago. The whole mystery around it early days, but he's just come back and and looks as good as he as as good as new really. So I think McGuinness probably goes to to Oliver. What I did like, and we've spoken about this as well, is his ability to cool different guys in the game. So he went to Libba until Libba was injured. Then he moved on to Bailey Dale and playing as like a half forward tagger because Bailey Dale was really damaging. He couldn't get it. So across he, had half go, he had to move forward. Yep. Yeah. So then he had to go forward and then they went, well, we're not following him down there. So then he went to Bont. And I mean, Bont is the hardest of those three to to latch on to. Um, but he did a pretty good job. He did Nick Dacos in the week before until he got injured late. So loving, loving the work of Finn McGuinness. Uh, I think he probably starts on Oliver. So – you talk about bullocking midfielders. What about the work of John Newcomb? Incredible against the Dogs. He's become a serious player, and he's he'd have to be the front runner for um, mid-season draft. He's a poster boy now, isn't he? Mm, I'd say so. So yeah. 40, 40 on the weekend. Um, something nice happening in that midfield now. Mm. I know you're trying to put the coolers on the Hawks. Oh, you don't okay. want us all to get too excited still about six, your mob. Still 16th, mate. Um, Let's not get too carried away. <laughs> 16th on the ladder. In fact, I'm calling it now priority pick. Finals next year. Priority pick. I'm calling Finals between next year. 8 and 10 next year. I'm saying year. 10 to 12 next year. Um, something really nice building to a Newcomb and, and Warple. Oh, there that. is. Uh, but the um, Peter Crimmins medal, their best and fair, is going to be really interesting this year. I mean, has James Sicily missed too much football? Because he's been incredible. Will Day has had an amazing year. Yep. Um, and you talk about losing Mitchell and O'Meara at the end of last year, highly criticised for that Hawthorne, but you've accelerated the growth 100%. of Day. You've accelerated again the growth of Newcomb. And what you've also done is you've allowed Warpool to play back into form because he didn't have a great year last year, but before that he's a best and fairest winner and he's now re-signed for another two years, which would take him to free agency. So you're right. There's this, this re- something special happening in that midfield. Yeah. You also look at what Mitchell – like Mitchell's added something to Collingwood, um, but I think he's more value to Collingwood than he was to Hawthorne. So I they, agree with that. They cashed in. They gave well, him they to a club that him. needed they him. They needed that player. Yeah. Well, they that's been the big difference in their game. Like they won um, – sort of in spite of not being able to win contest battles and now they're doing that and they're doing the rest, Collingwood. Jagger O'Meara, on, not on the fringes, I think he's played basically every game at, at Fremantle, but sort of on the fringes of the midfield and maybe not quite as damaging as, um, as you'd expect. So I think Hawthorne are probably sitting back and going... And I've talked up brilliant. 16th place to Hawthorne, but really Melbourne for me is the team I expect to be the big challenger for Collingwood for the Premiership. Uh, I think their best footy, if you look at every team over the past, say, four years, yep. who's played the best footy at their particular point, I think it's Melbourne still ahead of Collingwood. And they're, they're just, they've, done, they've really not fired a shot this year, yeah. but they're still top four. So where do you go? I think our expectations now around Melbourne are, are that this is where they're at as a side. Interested in where they go around Grundy now. So they brought him in um, – they brought him in – we thought maybe to play as a forward, but that ruck split, he probably spent more time in there than we thought. Do they now 
turn to a Tom McDonald or someone. Obviously, Harry Petty's out. Um, or Brown. do they go with it again, Brown? Because, I I mean, it restricted the influence of Max Gorn on that game, didn't it? All you need is someone to bring the ball to ground. You don't have to kick three or four. Yeah. That's all you need. So, And I'll say this again. I'm, I'm, um, here's an interesting point. If you were to manufacture some sort of a Grundy move to West Coast, yeah. could you – you're the window's open. Could you then mount an argument that maybe the only t- club that would take him, Jack Darling at Melbourne? Yeah. It's not stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm coming around to that idea. I think Jack Darling is one of very few players at West Coast that now hold a little bit of trade value. But only for teams like that that, need that are in the premiership yeah, window. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You could sell it to Jack. Because it's a could. premiership in the they're window. In, they're There's in the window. not one at West Coast in his career. Um, and I think you're, you're doing it now or you're riding Jack Darling's career out, aren't you? Like it happens this year. Yep. So we're both on Melbourne this week? On Melbourne. One of the great banana peel games though, isn't it? Yeah, Hawthorne just... 16th, mate. 16th. Uh, Optus Stadium, Sunday final game of the round. $2, sorry, 2.40 p.m. The Dockers, 2.45. Port Adelaide, $1.55. I've... Fremantle's form the last three weeks has been good. Yep. So And it's a home game, and I'm loath to pick against them. But I love Port last week. And they generally play okay over here. They do. I, I'm picking Port. I was tipping Fremantle right up until Port Adelaide played on Sunday night. So I obviously watched Fremantle on Saturday and thought basically immediately, I reckon that I'm tipping them next week. Then Port played, and they were just electric. I, I can't see. I mean, Hayden Young goes to um, – Butters. Butters, I think, mm. long your flag during the week that they're weighing up between Butters and Rosie. Um, Young will stay in midfield. Well, you now. can start on one and go to the other. Exactly, as as Finn McGuinness has taught us. Mm. Um, the other one, and and Longmuir put this on the agenda when asked um, post training yesterday, is Caleb Sarong, all Australian mix because I think he has to be. He's in all the other Without measures. Question, he's in the mix. In I'm all, not sure if he's in the 22, but he's definitely in, in the, the mix. mix. Yeah, in all the measures we use, the coaches' votes, he's right up there now. Um, in sort of clearance numbers, contested ball numbers, he's leading the Dockers. Probably wins their best and fairest. Um, J Lo said he's been their best performer this year, which is a real statement. Um, sets up a bit of a showdown, doesn't it? Because if you think about that sort of last midfield spot or maybe a midfield bench spot, Rosie has been an All Australian before. Butters, I mean, Butters is probably top five Brownlow yeah, finish. And so he's a lot for all Australians. You'd think he's in there. Um, so it's a bit of a, like a young midfield showdown by the time you throw Brayshaw and Young in there as well. And the other one really is uh, that J-Lo also flagged was uh, Jai Amos for the Rising Star Award. Now, yeah. absolutely worthy nominee. He's had a fantastic year, second year, made real progress, star of the future. Is he a worthy Rising Star winner? Because we get seduced by the midfield numbers and by she's all yeah. half back. We get seduced by it. But I think people underestimate how tough the position he's in and how good a job he's done. If Jai Amos was eight years into his career and he kicked a fifth and he had a 50-goal year, we'd go, that's a very good year for a, a forward. Right now he's a lanky second-year kid playing in a pretty average side and he's going to push 50 goals. He's going to end up with four, between 45 and 50 if he has a By good the way, couple of weeks. Pretty good year for Oscar Allen too, given that. Very, yes. Yeah. Very, yeah. Immense year for Oscar And Oscar Nick Allen. Larkey, by the way. Yep. Both of those guys have been huge. Um, I think, I, I can't say Amos winning it. I'd love to say it because I think that the value of a 
second year kid putting up those numbers is is really really good. The the cards have also probably fallen his way a little bit with the Ashcroft injury as well, and and Wardlaw not putting together a. Full I've still season. got Sheasel in front. I've got Sheasel. I've also got Mitch um, I've got Mitch Owens. Yeah, yeah. So they're have, they're probably my sort of three with then Ashcroft and Wardlaw paying the price for yep. missing parts of the year. Now it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel and send your mail into quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. Jacko, we are giving away a 10-pack of 196 Double Lemon. Have you tried it? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, good Talk good it up. Drop. Talk it up. It's, it's actually very, very good. That's good. You'll love it. Okay. Uh, a bit of mail this week. Uh, this is from our favourite friends, Ducks Fandom, so the Frio podcast. Yep. Uh, high quarters and barrel. I've, been, I've heard AFL broadcasters referring to a team's list as being made up of top, middle, and bottom players. Good high-end talent, but lacking in the bottom end. Now that, Frio, now that Frio are coming to an end of the season and thinking player movement might be minimal, moving forward, how do you rate Frio's playing list and do they desperately need another type of player? I rate the playing list. I rate them back. I rate them forward. They need another bo- – they have missed that extra body in the midfield experience and the bigger body. So I talk of Mundy. Yep. Uh, I think Fife not being there has been important as well. So maybe someone like a Crouch who could come into that midfield. But Oh, are you th- talking Matt Crouch? Yes. Yep. I, I agree. I, I wasn't red hot on Hayden Young's move to midfield. I've I got was, this thing. And of, I have been all year. I know you have been. I've got this thing about I think that kick at half back can be just as damaging as the one going inside 50 because it's the one that sort of opens up the ground. Clark. Um, as in Hunter. No, or Jordan. Jordan gives you Jordan. that. Jordan. Um, but once he's gone in there, I've completely flipped. I love it. I think he can be that. So body. I was right. You're right. I'll okay. give it. Yeah, I'll pay it. Okay. He he doesn't need to tag every week. I think that's probably more of um, almost like what West Coast did with Ruben Jimby, where it, you go. It's a bit of a run with. And yeah. You know he can do it. So it's a great yep. weapon to have in it's your It's something artillery. to have in your back pocket. I don't think he needs to do it all the time because he, he's already shown he can win his own footy. So I think he's probably the guy. The guy there, I don't mind the idea of um, like a Matt Crouch. The the only query there would be, are you going back to the well because you did it with O'Meara last year and it didn't quite work out? Dom Sheed, it's been floated. Yeah, I, I don't mind the Dom Sheed. I think you can get him for... So you're going to have to trade not, back in to get maybe second round? Yeah, they just don't have any chips at the moment. No. Freo. So they're going to have to do a bit of manoeuvring if they want to bring anyone in. If they don't bring in, if they don't, trade for anyone this year. I don't think I'm devastated. Okay. Maybe they have a look at How important agency. is it to keep Liam Henry? Uh, oh, gee, it's getting more important, isn't he? He was. Um, he spoke on um, one of the AFL.com shows, Ukiah Footy, last night uh, and admitted that, and you don't often hear players say this, but he's undecided. Mm. He's like, I've got a decision to make. I haven't done it yet. Crunch time's coming. So that that for me is really 50-50 at the moment. Um Polarises uh, free yeah. supporters. I rate him. I'll, I'll put my cards on the table and say I, I, I hope they keep him. I think he's important to them. I've been impressed over the last few weeks. Yeah. I didn't think he was um, overly important. Um, I think he's shown now that he's a like he can be a goalpost to goalpost yes. to winger. He can help out on defence. His numbers so look the pretty tanks good. improved. Obviously, the tanks there, and that's the big thing. So I think they do need to keep him. You'll love this. John from Hammond Park's going to go close this week. Hi, fellas. With the retirement of three Eagles greats in round 24, so um, Hearn, Shuey and Nat Nui, it's time to put some drawing pins in the inflatable tunnel and bring back the banner. Love that suggestion. 
don't put the inflatable drawing pins in the tunnel. I, like, I don't mind the tunnel, but you've got to have a banner. The Come banner, on, Eagles. So you want the banner at the end of I the tunnel? I want the banner. I can't stand the tunnel. Oh, I don't, as long as you have a banner, I'm happy. But if it's one or the other, it's a banner. But what is more iconic than running through the crepe paper with your youngsters to the rapturous applause of the faithful? Well, I just, just on that, before I finish it, Carlton's some smart smarty in the Carlton Cheer Squad in the uh, 80s decided to staple the crepe paper together rather than use sticky tape. And, and the players complained because they, <laughs> they were getting cuts into their knees and what have you when they Come out bleeding. I also saw the Carlton, um, it was at Waverley Park one day, Carlton ran out in the ground and the huge big wooden pole fell onto John Dorotich's shoulder. Yep. And no one else saw it. And I'm saying, I think he's in trouble here. And I reckon he started and was off the ground in about the first 10 minutes. Didn't play the rest of the game. Dangerous Injured game. By the, uh, by the banner. I used to put a few of them together when I was in the Hawthorne Cheer Squad many years yep. ago and occasionally hold them up. It was great fun. Anyway, I'll finish this question. Also, why this is, the, this is where it gets great. Why not purchase the infamous Batmobile from the 1991 Waverley Grand God, Final yeah. and use this for the lap around Perth Stadium with Nick Nat and Boots dressed as Batman and Robin, respectively, and the esteemed skipper Shannon Hearn in costume as Commissioner Gordon. I love it. Simo can even have a red phone for the day and laser light the bat signal in case of emergencies. Yeah, I'll tell you what, John. Outstanding. You're going into the clubhouse leader pile He's at on the, the moment. Shortlist. Oh, I like um, it. No. I like the Batmobile. I, I was there that day. Angry Anderson singing, uh, and I remember um, uh, Dee Costella um, and Lisa Martin, the marathon, the two marathon runners, yep. in the back of the Batmobile, thinking, "What the hell is going on here?" This, so I loved it. That that Batmobile is now owned in a timeshare by a group of Hawthorne nuffies, it, essentially. It was in the AFL had a museum in the city at one yep. point, and it was in there. But yeah, so Adam Collins, the like very very good cricket writer, um, is also a Hawthorne fan, and he is part of that timeshare. So what do they do? do they, can you drive it? Just drive still? Or is... I'm not sure. I think it. Um, I don't know if they're having what to pile it onto it? the back of a truck to move it around blokes' sheds. Um, Imagine driving that round the streets. I'd love it. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, brilliant. It's a good. It's a good email. The the one that gets me with the Eagles is um, I'd like them to play the song as they come out, rather than while they're warming up. To their credit, are you okay with the new version of the song? No, nah, God no. Okay, can't stand it. They um Not to their, to their credit, they waited until after the Matildas on Saturday night. They to play actually their song. credit where they it's due because really we've well. whacked the Eagles a bit this year. They played the whole game. So they flicked it off as the Dockers ran out yeah. to a chorus of boos that had <laughs> nothing to do with the Dockers. So it came back on in an instant to massive cheers. Yeah. Um, the Eagles were sort of coming out as, you know, in the in the moments after Courtney You've got to play it. You're on a hiding to nothing if yeah, you don't play that. They just had to, yeah. And they did. So credit where it's due there. Uh, Mitch from Claremont writes, hey, lads, just a thought regarding the non-playing members of a premiership team not getting a medal discussion from the last pod. So I'm dead set against them if you haven't okay. played on the day. I used to play rugby union in my younger years, and when we won the grand final in the Colts one year, the match day 22 received medals with the non-playing members of the squad missing out, a la the AFL. However, a few weeks later at the club's end-of-season awards night, all members of the team, regardless of whether they played in the GF or not, received a premiership medal from the club. Why don't the AFL clubs do similar? It maintains the integrity of being recognised as a premiership player in the AFL, but also lets the club recognise the effect the non-playing members have on the successful season in more than just words only. We'd love to hear your thoughts, Mitch from Claremont. I love the idea, Mitch from Claremont. But if you don't play in the 23 on the day, it's 23 now, you're not getting a medal. I'm sorry, but it's, it, it loses its meaning to you. You haven't played on the day. However, I'm all for the squad 
yep. getting a premiership ring or something like that if I you're like part it. of it. And you get that on on your club championship night. Yeah, I like it. Um, I have won a cricket premiership where, like, I, I played in the game, but we did a similar thing where you get a obviously did like you the play league, in the day. I played on the day, yeah. but you get the league medal, and then everyone that you played a game. Uh, we now, how'd you go? No, nah, no, nah, we were roll for sixty nine. Okay, and then had them seven for forty, and I was bowling first change. wasn't required. Didn't bowl a ball. I think I made seventeen with the okay. stick. Okay, and um, you won. And we won. Oh, good. Well, yeah, done. yeah. Well, thanks. It's nice, got a nice ending. So two, so two medals. I think is the way to go. The Premier League. Um, if you play, I think the number at the moment might be eight games. Mm. Obviously, they don't have a grand final. No, so, so that's different, different, though. Yeah, I reckon that's totally different. Um, I in that in that sphere, I don't mind that though. Yeah, no, and you know, controversy here, but you got to have a grand final. I love a grand final. Oh, I, I like the final day of a league. Yeah, I know it can be. Oh, it can be yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. G'day, lads. The correspondent on Tuesday's mailbag stole my thunder. For weeks now, I've been meaning to ride into the Quarters Barra and Ben Cousins potty. Seriously, Barra, get a bloody roommate. Well, we were talking about the tally of him mentioning Cuz. Yep. Great fella, great player, Cuz. But Barra does love him. Anyway, great to see that both Frio and Peel beat the Eagles sides over the last two weeks by a combined 199 points. All that while Frio was still the second youngest side and the team with the least experience in round 22. I think Hawthorne might have got him on that, but it's, I take your point. Long may that continue. Good luck in Barrow's beloved number one, Harley Reid, although his former love child might get a tad jealous. And that's from Brett, the loader operator in Virginia. He's one of our regular correspondents. Very good. Nice to hear from you, Brett. Keep listening while you're driving that, uh, that around. Uh, Daniel, Danny Docker from East Vic Park. Great man. If Frio fail next year, should they make a move for Josh Carr and get him on board? He already knows most of the players and the club. Love the show. Um, I think you're going to be hard to get um, Josh Carr back. I mean, he obviously was he'd been very much missed on that Eagles coach. Sorry, Dockers coaching panel did a great job with their midfield. He's while it's not the Kirribilli agreement, he's going to be coaching um, Port Adelaide when Ken, Kenny yeah. Hinckley steps aside, and I think just loves it over there. He has been a big loss for Fremantle's midfield, but. Um, pulling out of the process for the Richmond job, as he did last week, was a, a stake in the ground. He's, he's at Port Adelaide now. I love this one. Uh, every time Harley Reid is discussed, quarters always, always in caps, suggest the Eagles should consider splitting the number one pick. This would obviously benefit his beloved Hawks. Question for quarters. If Hawthorne had picked one, would you also suggest they avoid picking Reid and split the pick? Cheers, Scott from Success. It's a great mail email, uh, Scott. No, I, um, absolutely I'd pick up Harley Reid. It's a different situation. Hawthorne has got the depth of youth the talent. The pieces are there. West Coast hasn't. Yep. My only argument is, and I, nothing against them taking Harley Reid, generational talent. They've been very good at retaining interstate players, so you back their system. But they need more younger elite talent. So if you can turn one into two inside ten, I'd take it. I think one of those needs to be Dan Curtin. Key yep. position, versatile. You can turn him into whatever you want him to be, really. Has played, what, been in their best six since playing league the last three, four yeah, weeks? Yeah, yeah. So has played a couple of league games for Claremont and been really impressive. Colts, super impressive. State 18s dominated and played all over. Like, they were short in the midfield one week. They've been beaten up in the midfield against South Australia the next week. Sorry, they injected him straight in there. So um, really impressed by Dan Curtin. One of them has to be him. And the other thing is with Tasmania coming up, you just need to get picks on board. Yes, yes. You just need to get chips, really. Um, and, and if they're on traded later, whatever. But you just need to – it's about um, gathering some stock. Uh, Harley from Wickham agrees with 
uh, me. I think instead of giving out extra premiership player medallions on grand final day, why not present up to five extra premiership squad medallions either on the ground on the day or maybe the clubs can present them at their club champion awards. Agree with that, but I think if you win the flag, everyone in the squad gets one. Uh, James Brown, wow, I feel good, um, says, quick question for you. The Brownlow is considered a midfielder's medal these days. So which midfielder is the biggest miss with regards to winning a Brownlow in the modern AFL era? My money would be on Luke Hodge, but Scott Pendlebury could have a case to answer. Can you think of anyone else more deserving of one? Uh, well, Luke Hodge was basically a halfback flanker. Yeah. Did shift into the midfield and occasionally into the forward line early in his career, but I wouldn't class him as a midfielder. No, I would have said He's a more flanker, halfback. Yeah. Scott Pendlebury's a really good call, but you go through history, is littered with it. Lee Matthews, probably the greatest midfielder ever not to, well, he's a player of the cent- last yep. century, not to win a Brownlow. 1977 won every conceivable award possible in his position except for the Brownlow medal and didn't poll particularly well on the night. So um, it's a really good email. The, and- the one right now, and he's a, a red-hot sniff to win it this year, is Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah. Like Ollie, the My Ollie tip in the preseason. Yeah. It's not rocket science. I mean, he's up. He's always going to yeah, be up there. Yeah, he's, but- he's in the mix. I've, I've probably got him as the favourite now that Dacos has missed a few Love weeks. to see him win one. I'd love to see him win one. The Ollie Wines, yeah, he was the best player in the AFL. Yeah, that year. Yeah. 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 Uh, Chris writes, Chris from Manjum Up, should West Coast consider getting Matt Crouch with our young mids potentially hitting the wall mid-season along with those injury ways? It's another good suggestion, but I can't see it happening. I think they're going down the youth pathway now. They've got nothing to lose now. I mean, they're... Yeah. I, I don't mind it as a stopgap, yeah. but I can't see them doing it. Well, that's it. So I think we're giving our 10-pack, I'm sure you'll agree with me, of 196 double M and has to go to John from Hammond Park with yep. the Batmobile suggestion. Please, Eagles, can you take this idea on board? Might be a bit – you could get you could ship it over now, couldn't you? The banner? Yeah. Yep. No, 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 the, the Batmobile. Oh, yeah, ship yeah, it over yeah, now. yeah. Get it across the Nullarbor. Drive it across. What a scene that would be, stopping oh. in – Stopping in towns along the way. Driving across uh, myself as a family this Christmas time. So maybe on the way back. Bring it back. Yeah, I might be able to bring it back. You know, I once interviewed Harry Taylor, bought his – he had this Holden – I think it was a Commodore that he'd had for 20 years and still had it right at the tail end of his career. And everyone said, mate, you're earning squillions. Why do you – because he just loved it. He said, I don't need anything. Anyway, eventually upgraded to a Ford Ranger, the club sponsor – but drove his dad flew across to Melbourne and they both drove the car back across the Nullarbor up to Geraldton where he's yep. from just to give it to the next owner of it. Did not turn the radio on once on the way across. Oh. And it did not turn the air conditioning on once on oh, the way across. I can't think of anything worse. He said if you turn the radio on, the aerial goes up and it's wind resistance. And he said, we were just too busy chatting and enjoying life and didn't need to open the windows, let the airflow He's a different cat, Harry. I do a bit of work with him at the weekends. And he's a lovely bloke, very clever, great footy IQ. But that does not surprise me. Can't think of anything better than cricket on the radio doing the Nullarbor in summer. Yeah, I agree with that. How good. Yeah, just late in the day, maybe pulling, just to to have a little coldie. Yep. You know, light a light beer, just a little coldie on the road. You have been listening this today to Quarters and Jacko. Thanks for listening. We've been brought to you by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch, but please gamble responsibly. Call, call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues whatsoever. And good luck with your tips, Jacko. Good luck with my tips. Thank you, Martin. I need, the, this is a late surge for me to just claw my way to the lead and then protect it in the final round. Or I might have to go a bit random again in the final round. But have it's, a dip. it's a pointy end now. Good luck. And we look forward to talking to you on Tuesday. 
If you're a fan of the podcast, why not get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. Don't forget to give us a rating or review and, of course, tell your mates. This has been the Quarters and Barra podcast on the game. Subscribe wherever...